Welcome to episode 141 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I am so glad to be spending time with you, especially since this is the final episode of the year 2016. Um, Thank you for joining me and my guest, Tracy Timberlake. This is a fun episode to close out the year with because Tracy brings a lot of positive, you can do it energy to her message about how to use video to reach more people. And if you're thinking, hmm, I don't know if video is for me, I'm not exactly the video type, that's okay. Um, We chat about how to take those inside your comfort zone steps in the beginning so that you can build up to what seems like the scary side of video. But Tracy, as she tells us, um, and she's speaking from her own introvert self, that um, it's really not as scary as we might think. Before we move into the conversation, I want to thank you um, from the bottom of my heart for being a listener over this past year. There have been some truly amazing people who've shared their stories and advice with us, and each and every one of them has been so generous with their wisdom. As I mentioned, this is the final episode for 2016, but if you're looking for some good brain food to consume next week in between all of the good holiday food, take a look at the episode archives and catch up on anything you've missed. Since this is episode 141, you know there's 140 other episodes out there, and depending on when you came to become a listener, you might have a lot of really good ones to catch up on. And I would make some specific recommendations, but that is sort of like asking which child is your favorite. (laughs) So I invite you to scan the guest list and see what catches your attention. And happy listening. I just recently wrapped up the final meeting of the fall virtual book group, and the group had a fantastic time discussing my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, and how we can apply it to our work and to our lives. Soon after we had our final session, I received a testimonial from one of the members named Janet, and she wrote, Each week, I looked forward to the Introvert Entrepreneur Virtual Book Group session. The feedback, support, and accountability the group provided really helped me to take action in my new business. Engaging with the book's content directly with Beth, the author, and other introvert entrepreneurs enriched the process and encouraged immediate application of the ideas and insights Beth offers in the book. And I am so grateful Janet shared that. That um, that makes my that makes my year actually. And that book group was one of the highlights of my year. And I hope that maybe you'll be part of what I know is going to be a highlight of next year, um, because the next virtual book group is now forming, and we kick off with our first weekly session on Tuesday, January 17th. We will go for five weeks, and each session is a 90-minute call. Sign up before December 31st, and I have a promo code that you can use to receive $20 off your registration. And that promo code is PODCAST20BONUS. So all one word and 20 as the number, PODCAST20BONUS. Space is limited to no more than six participants, so act soon to secure your spot specifically act by December 31st. Um, Other than that, registration officially closes on January 10th, and you can read more about how it all works and sign up at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash book group. 
I'm happy to introduce you to my guest today, Tracy Timberlake. Tracy is an award-winning YouTube vlogger and video and visibility specialist. She helps women become A-list entrepreneurs and position themselves as leaders and experts in their industry. She personally used video to build a six-figure business, over 24,000 YouTube subscribers, and 2.4 million video views. As a result of her YouTube success, she has had the privilege of working with brands like L'Oreal, Marc Jacobs, and currently Cosmopolitan Magazine. She has been featured in the Huffington Post, Entrepreneur Magazine, YFS Magazine, and dozens of podcasts all over the world. When she's not communicating with clients or the YouTube community, you can find her nose in a book. Forever the learner, she is currently pursuing a doctorate in organizational leadership and working on her dissertation, the topic of which is women entrepreneurs. You can learn more about Tracy and how to connect with her, as well as find links to her Introvert Island book selections and other resources mentioned in the podcast in the episode show notes at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast. And remember to check the episode show notes for links to Tracy's websites and her social media pages, and of course, her videos. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm delighted to be uh, talking with you today. Thanks so much, Beth. I'm really excited to be here. So what is making you smile today? You know, I would say, I mean, at the time of this podcast, we are moving into this new year. And mm-hmm. I just, I love the concept of turning over the proverbial new leaf, you know, <laughs> so I'm really excited about goals and things for 2017. Yeah. Do you already, um, if I may be so bold to ask, when as you're contemplating it, what do you feel most excited about in the coming year? I'm really excited about expansion and expanding my business into new things. I'm going to be writing a a new book this year, which I'm really, my first book, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm going to be finishing up my dissertation this year, so I'm excited about that too. So uh, a lot of writing, but excited about both of those two projects. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just I think you just gave me my my word for 2017. I was playing with the word open. But as soon as you said expansion, I realized that's a word I've been mm-hmm. using a lot lately. And um, yeah. I think that that hits home for me too. Oh, wonderful. I love that. Yeah, that's my that is my intentional word for the 2017 Excellent. expansion. Well, congratulations <laughs> on all of that going on. That's Thank that's you so much. Well, let's let's give folks some some context about where you feel like you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum and how that awareness has influenced you as an entrepreneur. So the interesting thing, Beth, is that I'm actually highly introverted, Mm -hmm. but people don't think so because generally when they meet me, their first encounter with me is in a video. And, uh, you know, I've been making videos for a very long time, and so I'm very comfortable on camera, but people think when I tell them that I'm an introvert, they swear that I'm lying. They're like, (laughs) no, you're not. You're Mm -hmm. not an introvert. I'm like, yes, I promise. Because, you know, as you probably already know, most people equate introversion with shyness. I'm not shy. I just you know, get my energy from being alone. Mm -hmm. And and that's why videos work so well for me. Being an entrepreneur works so well for me. I think for my business and the influence that it has on my entrepreneurship is that it really gives me an incredible amount of focus because I can sit in my house, in my office all day long and just Mm -hmm. get work done and be completely happy 
in the zone and I don't I don't need to go anywhere. Um, I can definitely say that if I didn't, you know, do things like go to the gym or run errands, I could probably be in my house for an entire week and yeah. I'd be perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. I suspect a lot of people listening can identify with that. <laughs> and yeah, we, right. <laughs> we we don't have the um as entrepreneurs, especially if we're working out of our own, you know, we have a private space, whether that's an office or mm -hmm. our home, you know, we're, we don't have those distractions of water cooler chatter and, and whatnot that I would think the typical extrovert would probably suffer if they didn't have those things. I agree. I agree. So it's, I feel like, like you, that we're fortunate that, um, that we don't need those things <laughs> so much. Right, exactly. I do have a friend who um, is an entrepreneur and she she is an extrovert and she loves, like that's why she goes to tons of live events and she, mm -hmm. I feel like she's always inviting me and I'm always saying no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> because, I mean, I do have a lot on my plate, but sometimes I just say no because it's a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like we have to spend it wisely, you know? And Yeah, I have to prepare. I have to prepare for those things. Absolutely. So I'm curious about the connection between introversion and video. And that's where I wanted to spend mm -hmm. the bulk of our time because I know that's also your, your area of expertise as well as just that, that gift that yeah. you bring to the table. So what led you to focus on video as your primary platform? You know, the interesting thing about video is that introverts can make great video because there's so much about making pre-recorded videos that you know requires a lot of focus and a lot of just sit down time and let me just get this done mm -hmm. and when I first started making videos the primary reason why I started doing it was because I felt like a lot of people in my real life kept asking me the same questions and introverts are also not a big fan of small talk right <laughs> we don't like having to repeat the same thing or like the small chitter chatter and so as people kept asking me these things in real life it was easier for me and more energetically efficient mm -hmm. to make a video about it um, and then send them to the video rather than having the same conversation dozens of times over right. so that's really how I got started in making videos uh, and talking about things and doing tutorials and a cool thing about making videos as an introvert is you kind of get the benefit of having this whole community of interaction without physically having to be present. And you can choose when to kind of be in the space of interaction and when to step away from it. You know, it's not like when you go to a networking event and there's just a whole bunch of people, right? Mm -hmm. And you have no choice. There are two hours of just talking to all these people. But in this online space of making videos, uh, you know, and then giving people training and things of that nature, I can give them the training and then I can come back the next day to answer the questions or what have you. Mm -hmm. So I think that that has really served me well, especially in the beginning when I was still getting comfortable, still trying to figure things out, um, trying to get my message out there, build up my platform. Making videos was a way for me to do that that didn't make me feel like I was out of my element or that I was expending so much energy uh, trying to, you know, share things with the world. As you're sharing that, I'm thinking about public speaking and the contrast between that. Like I often think of public speaking as that very energy efficient, I get to say it once in front of a bunch mm -hmm. of people and I don't have to say it again. But mm -hmm. what is even interestingly more introvert friendly about video is exactly what you just said, that it's kind of one way, at least in the beginning. And then when it becomes a two-way conversation, you know, as you start to get that feedback and comments, you're still able to respond kind of at your own pace 
without yes. the kind of overwhelm that being at a live event can can cause. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think that energy can still carry in a video. Uh, people, I mean, they tell me that all the time, like, you have such great energy in your video. So I don't mm -hmm. think that, you know, because you're necessarily sitting in your bedroom making a video that it, it diminishes or discounts um, any of the things that you have to say, because you can say them and you can be as energetic as you like and still get your point across. But like you said, without having to physically be present to answer the questions at the end of a talk or you interact mm -hmm. with people, you know. Yeah. So if I'm an introvert entrepreneur listening to this, and, and especially I, I think a lot of um, folks who listen to this have service-based businesses, mm -hmm. um, video isn't something that you can just slap it out there and say, okay, right. I'm going to start doing video. Um, you have to be strategic about it. Yes. And, and so yes. What, is your, what is your approach to if someone is saying, okay, I want to start using more video, how can they be strategic about it? So one of the first things that I always, I mean, I, I ask them specifically if they are an introvert or an extrovert when I start working with people mm -hmm. because extroverts do really great with live streams. They love it. They love the interaction. They feed off that energy, you know, that that they get when people are watching. But introverts, especially in the beginning while trying to gain confidence and still understanding who they are as an entrepreneur or how they're showing up online or how they desire to show up online, they prefer the pre-recorded videos because it gives them the freedom to stop when they need to, re-record it if they're not happy with it, and there's no pressure if they mess up or fumble over some words, and they still get the benefits of having a video marketing strategy without the stress mm -hmm. of live streaming and com feeling completely vulnerable <laughs> to everyone who's watching them in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I would say if you are an introvert entrepreneur, then doing some sort of pre-recorded videos would be the best way to start to build your platform because you have a great message to share. Now you can share it, upload it, and then have people watch it without you necessarily being there live and present with them. And every platform, I mean, most social media platforms allow a native upload onto the platform. So we're talking about Facebook. You can upload videos mm -hmm. onto Facebook, mm -hmm. um, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, of course, is going to be your best friend when it comes to a pre-recorded <laughs> video because you get a lot of organic traffic that way. So I would say to start with pre-recorded videos just to get comfortable. I promise that introvert entrepreneurs, once they're more comfortable on camera, once they're comfortable with sharing their message um, and speaking it kind of all at once. It's kind of like public speaking, like we talked about. Once you're more comfortable, then you can go into a live space, a live streaming platform, and be able to explore that option. But if you're just getting started and you want to use video to build your platform, then you can use your phone, you know, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. tilt it to the side. Yeah, that's uh, right. landscape, not portrait. Yes, right. <laughs> landscape, that bad boy. Yeah. Landscape, uh, if you're wanting to upload onto YouTube, especially, is yeah. you want to have it be landscaped, uh, a landscape like just make it horizontal and just get started. And there's tons of like easy editing things you can do on your phone. Um, but really it's just a matter of sitting and doing it and not feeling the pressure of live things. Cause you know, if it takes you an hour to film a 10 minute video, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Give yourself that time until you're more comfortable. Absolutely. Well, how do you go about determining what to even make a video about? 
if you want to start off talking about yourself um, and what you're the most passionate about and about your business, I think that helps because when you're passionate about something, it's naturally easier to talk about it and people can see the energy that you have. Uh, even if you're not like, woohoo, you know, all over the place, they can still see your passion and feel your passion. And so start off by talking about something you're really passionate about. Why did you start your business? Um, who are the kinds of people that you help, right? Mm-hmm. And then as your platform grows, you're now able to crowdsource your content because you can start answering the most common questions that people are giving you. What are the most common problems that clients have? right? And then you create a video on that, a five point or 10 point, whatever. Um, And video is also a great way to build up your email list because now as you are talking about the points, you can send them over to your list and say, hey, I have some more content for you over here. So I would say start number one with what you're passionate about and then two, crowdsource your content based on what people are asking you the most or what you find your ideal clients struggle with the most. Yeah, great advice. You're reminding me that I, I, it was a few months ago, but one of the Facebook executives was at a forum and they were talking about how Facebook was going to eventually, and not in the distant future, mind you, but soon, mm-hmm. be very video saturated. Like they are going yes. to give preference to video, um, that sort of thing. Any any thoughts on kind of how we can... Um, on that. <laughs> yes, know? I have lots of thoughts. Um, it is their mission in life. Like Facebook <laughs> wants to be that premier platform for video. So they're constantly tweaking their algorithms. They want you to create videos. Specifically, uh, they want you to boost your videos. It's advertising dollars for mm-hmm. them. But it also increases your reach because Facebook has the most intricate, the most comprehensive way of targeting people in the world. I mean, they know everything about you, your race, your gender, how many children you have, what you talked about at dinner last night. I mean, it's so Mm -hmm. interesting how Facebook knows all this stuff. And so as you're creating videos, really using that platform and broadcasting it to the masses is going to only benefit you, right? I think that there's always going to be kind of a tug of war between Google, YouTube platform, and then Facebook. YouTube still has the most watch time Mm -hmm. in terms of the amount of minutes that videos are being watched. That still happens on YouTube. But the amount of users that are using the platform, we're gonna, Facebook is going to be um, probably the head of the game there. So there's always going to be a tug of war. Each platform wants what it wants. And so I think you can have a comprehensive video marketing strategy for both platforms. YouTube wants shorter videos. Facebook wants longer videos because oh. the longer your video is, then you know, the, the likelihood someone's going to find it on their feed. Right. Mm-hmm. So they want you to make longer videos there. And, and when you say shorter and longer, can you give us some relative lengths? Yeah. So on YouTube, you're actually able to look at the analytics of your subscribers and of your viewers. And most of the time, you'll see that a four to six minute window is about where people stop watching. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, YouTube is a search engine. It is 70% of the videos that are being watched on YouTube are searched for content, how to change a tire, right. how to make a picture on Photoshop. Facebook is not that way. So Facebook is strategically targeted. You can broadcast it to your people or create ads that strategically targets your ideal client. So when you create videos, you have to make videos that are short and sweet for YouTube because they're they're just wanting something quick and in a hurry. They want a how-to kind of video. They don't want, you know, a one-hour webinar post it up on YouTube. Whereas on Facebook, because they are going to be targeted people and 
people that are already in your circle who already know you, uh, having longer video there makes more sense because people will actually sit and watch through those. And so longer, are we talking 10 to 15 minutes or yeah. an hour? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we can. I mean, I would say at least 10 minutes is what the algorithm wants you to do. Mm -hmm. But I've definitely seen people have great success with having entire trainings on Facebook. I've done Facebook live streams that have been, you know, two hours long and have had people stay on the entire time. So mm -hmm. it really is about your audience and what it is they want and what you're trying to do with it as well. But definitely at least 10 minutes. Yeah. Now, one of the things that, and I don't want to take us too far down a path of like specifics, but I'm just thinking about as an entrepreneur and, and using something like Facebook Live as mm -hmm. a content delivery, you know, like a training or a webinar or some other sort of thing. Mm -hmm. My mind immediately goes to, oh my gosh, I'd feel a little overwhelmed because here I am doing it live. And I'm yeah. assuming I can mm -hmm. see like if somebody is commenting or reacting or asking a question. Yes. And it seems like that yeah. would be a lot to juggle all at once. Would you want some sort of, um, you know, like a, a admin by your side, sort of, you know, virtual I, help? Yeah. Or can, can you do that? It, yes, you can. So I, um, I did a, a, a massive challenge in August of this year. And there were 2,600 people in this challenge. And mm -hmm. I had no idea that it would be this large. Like, it just blew up out of nowhere. And so when I – it was everyday live streaming. And literally my live streams would be hours long because people were constantly asking – and it was just them asking questions and mm -hmm. me answering them that took so long. But, yeah, I definitely had my VA, um, you know, my admin person sitting there and feeding me the questions because when people are doing it, like, back to back and in a hurry, uh, you kind of do lose them. So if you can have that, especially if you're going to have, I would say more than 30 people mm -hmm, <laughs> on a live mm -hmm. stream, try to have someone to help you. Um, and just remember that these people love you, right? Like they're, they're there for you. They mm -hmm. are not going to judge you. Like they're not expecting it to be, you know, the best production necessarily. Uh, they're there because they want to hear what you have to say. And I think if you just focus on that and not, oh my gosh, there's so many people and they're listening to me and what am I going to do? I think it makes it a lot easier. Just kind of breathe through it, center yourself before you go live. And then it gets a lot easier as you do more of them. And what you said earlier, I think is really sage advice about, you know, perhaps practice doing some of your pre-recorded types of interviews just so you get comfortable because introverts especially the other thing that we tend to have in common is that we're not always comfortable with extemporaneous speaking you know just yes. talking off the cuff and mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. that pre-recorded gives us a chance to um because even when we script something especially if we're doing video i don't know about you but i find i go off script anyway and right um <laughs> And so that gives us some practice because it seems like if you just jump in the deep end and say, okay, I'm going to start doing Facebook Live, um, that might right. get a little overwhelming. And doing a whole, exactly, <laughs> and doing a whole training. Yeah. And one thing, another thing I would recommend too, if you're just start trying with live, is maybe doing a Q&A. Like this is a great way to get started with live, is doing a Q&A mm -hmm. where, you know, maybe your people can send in their questions ahead of time. So you have time to kind of oh, think through your great. answer mm -hmm. and then doing it live instead of, yeah, just kind of trying to think off the cuff right away, you now at least have some, you know, a frame of reference, okay, I'm going to answer this question. And then here are my bullet points, right? Instead yes. of just, hey, we're going to talk about five points to this. So I love Q&As as a starter mm -hmm. <laughs> when you're first getting started into live stream, because it really, you at least have 
someone's asking you something so you can just answer the questions that you know the answers to already. Yeah. And it seems like it would avoid, and here's where my mind also goes, um, crickets, you know, like, hey, everybody, <laughs> right. I'm here to answer your questions. And then nothing happens. Right. And you go, oh, well, here we yeah, are. <laughs> Throw out something on Twitter or Facebook or your email list or whatever, yeah. uh, however people communicate with you most, and then just ask them, do you have any questions for me? And, mm -hmm. you know, if you get three to four questions, that's a great way that's to get started. Funny. Oh, yeah, that's plenty. Absolutely. Especially mm -hmm. if you're just talking 10 or 15 minutes. Yes. You know, it's not a huge deal. And the other thing you're reminding us as I listen in between the, the lines is that with the live video experience, the other favor you can do yourself besides kind of, you know, easing into it with those pre-fed Q&As is mm -hmm. to remember that you don't have to be perfect. Like that, that live, the expectations that people have about a live video experience, while they still expect it to be like they need to be able to see you, they need to mm -hmm. be able to hear you. They or, don't want, you know, a rushing train behind you or, you know, other distractions. <laughs> right. But at the same time, I think they're probably more forgiving. Um, they expect something that's more authentic um, and mm -hmm. real and every day than they might if it was a more produced kind of video. Right. Exactly. Exactly. These are your people. They want to yeah. see you anyway. So yeah. it's that. Yeah, they want to see you succeed. <laughs> um, well, mm -hmm. yes. So I, I suppose, you know, since we've been talking both about pre-recorded and live, wherever this question takes us is good. Um, but what video mistakes are common and easy to make, but they're also easy to avoid? So this is a great question. So if we're talking live, then I would say a common mistake that I see is people holding the camera, mm -hmm. right? So they don't mm -hmm. think, oh, let me get a tripod. And <laughs> um, <laughs> And I understand because you see so many people kind of with Snapchat and, and like people hold their camera. But one, it's I mean, it's difficult to kind of hold it if you're talking for 10 to 15 minutes, your arm will hurt. Secondly, I think it just frees you up and you have a better camera angle. You can sit and not concentrate on holding it and making sure if you just get, you know, a $15 tripod, sit the camera on there. There are tripods that are created just for phones so um, mm -hmm. or for iPads or whatever device you're using. So that would be the first thing I would say is having a tripod and not holding it with your hand. Mm -hmm. Um, second, and you touched on this as well, like sight and sound, making sure people can hear you and see you. Obviously, there are things when you're doing videos that you can't control, like if there are police sirens or a dog, mm -hmm. but your neighbor's dog barking and things like that. But um, when possible, you know, try to eliminate those because they're not only distracting, but they're also not brand consistent because most people have right. great websites and these amazing professional pictures and we forget to put the same effort into our videos. And honestly, if you're on social media, especially, you know, Facebook, Instagram, things like that, a person is probably going to see your video before they ever get to your website. So mm -hmm. just keep in mind that first impressions do count. You're not going to get a high definition video on a live stream, but Try to make it as professional as you possibly can. And if you are doing a pre-recorded video and there's a dog barking, you can just edit that part out. Right. And then lastly, and this is a big thing that I see all the time, is people do not add a call to action to their videos. And I know that we're giving content and we're doing a lot of great things and we want people to get value out of our uh, videos, but you also want to give them the opportunity to move forward with you. And if, even if that's just follow me uh, you know, on Facebook or subscribe to, on YouTube or you know, here is my checklist, giving them a call to action at the end uh, is something that they're probably looking for. And you're going to see usually between a 20 to 30% return on that. Um, so it only benefits you when you do that. So add that call to action, never fade to black and just say, bye guys, thanks for watching, <laughs> <laughs> which I see all the time. Oh, yeah. 
Right. Uh, it doesn't give anybody an opportunity. Like, what if they want more? You know, uh, let them know that there is another way to connect with you other than this this video right here. So that would be my last tip to give. Yeah. And it seems that as part of your strategy to make sure you're, you as the producer of that content is, are very clear, is very clear, are very clear <laughs> about <laughs> what is next, like what that call to action is and to make sure yes. you've got that content to back it up. And it seems like with video, it's the kind of thing you can't just do like two or three videos and then let it go. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think about if you are making it part of your strategy, what role does consistency or frequency have to do with it? Yeah, so because we're moving into this the space of where 80% of online content will be video, there will be a point in time where most of the things that you encounter online are going to be video. It's not going to be, you know, text and graphic anymore. Um, so I would say to be mindful of that and have some sort of strategic approach to your video marketing strategy. Uh, what I like to say is start off with even just one video a week because that's, mm -hmm. it's totally doable. You know, you just grab your phone or grab your camera, you film something really quickly and throw it out there. So just doing one my recommendation would be two, whether that's two videos on YouTube or two live streams on Facebook or whatever. Have, like, it's just a way for people to constantly see you in this new space. And you just connect with people so much better in a video because on average, they say it takes seven touch points before someone, you know, mm -hmm. kind of moves forward with you. Video cuts that down because in literally one hour, I can send somebody through my entire funnel mm -hmm. <laughs> in an hour mm -hmm. uh, with just a few videos, right? So right. people often ask me, well, where can I use video? You can use video everywhere, on every page of your website, on all of your social media platforms, um, all of your content, your training courses, everything can have a video attached to it. But if you're just using them for marketing's sake, then I would say start off with once a week, twice a week is better. I do know people that do videos every single day and mm -hmm. they are, ter I do not, because I just don't think I have time or energy. Right. <laughs> but uh, they do great with producing, just churning out the content uh, on a more consistent basis. But that consistency really will pay off in the end. So just make it a habit and go for that. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a technical question. Um, Facebook yeah. Live, those videos, they stay on your timeline for a certain amount of time, don't they? They're not there forever. They stay on your timeline forever. They are They're there forever. forever. They're there forever. Yes. And can you download yeah. them and then upload them to YouTube? You can. Yes. Oh, so you, yep, okay. you can save them. You can save them and definitely upload them to whatever platform you want. I always recommend, uh, I usually will just, I don't upload them to YouTube simply because of the quality. On mm -hmm. YouTube, you're generally competing for not only views, but also the quality because there are going to be people who have been doing it for a lot longer who are making videos that look absolutely terrific, right? right? So I would say instead of uploading them directly to YouTube, do that. But I would say don't make that your main channel. Mm -hmm. Make it a separate channel that you can access at any point when somebody needs a, a, a particular training, you send it off to them in some way, but it's not on your main YouTube channel, just kind of taking up space and no one is searching for it. Because a lot of times sure. the content we produce on Facebook is not something that someone is searching for. It's just maybe an idea that we have or a topic that we want to discuss with our current audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It seems like you can make a Facebook live channel for yourself or, you know, like yes. always be tagging live, live. those. Yeah. yeah so it, it, it seems like that would lower my expectations on the quality piece <laughs> you know, right. right there. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. 
maybe that's one one way around it. Um, Thank you so much. This has been great. I'm feeling like I need to start looking at my own video strategy, (laughs) which (laughs) which is non-existent at the moment, but who knows? And uh, and I and I hope that everyone listening has gotten some good tips and that even if you're not ready to like, you know, just jump in there with two feet, um, start dipping your toe in. And and even, you know, I would say also as you're and I'm going to do this, you know, as you think about your own strategy, notice the people that you admire or follow or who are your peers and see what how are they using video? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you notice about how they're putting out the content and how they're connecting with people and not to imitate them, but just for some, you know, inspiration and yes. reality check and um, ideas? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Everything is kind of the same in terms of the content. Everyone kind of produces the same kind of content with their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're not copying. It's just inspiration, as yeah, you said. Absolutely. <laughs> well, here's a chance for you to get some inspiration. And because I have waved a magic wand and <laughs> you have been granted in all of your busyness, um, you get a three week vacation on Introvert Island. Woohoo! Um, but the caveat is that you can only take three books with you. So what, okay. would, you, what would you take with you and why? Um, okay, so I would take um, the Bible for sure because there's tons of wisdom in there and it's always a good source of comfort for me. Second, I will take A Course in Miracles because I can never seem to get through that book. And I feel like <laughs> maybe if I was on an island mm-hmm. and just focused on I can finally finish it. So three weeks, I feel is a good time. So A Course in Miracles is coming with me. And then lastly, I would take um, Influence. It's a book called Influence by uh, Dr. Robert Caldini. And it's a book on persuasion and explaining mm-hmm. psychology and why people say yes, you know, and I think that would just benefit uh, my business. And so I think I would take that one too. Awesome. You're going to come off that island super enriched. Ready? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, Tracy, how can people connect with you? Uh, well, if anyone would like to connect with me, I am Tracy Timberlake everywhere. So you can find me on every social media platform at T-R-A-C-Y and then Timberlake, spelled just like Justin. <laughs> and so it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. And then my website is TracyTimberlakeOnline.com. Perfect. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for bringing so much energy to the conversation. And um, and I will definitely be sharing links to all of the places to connect with you in the program show notes. So I encourage listeners to uh, go there and connect with Tracy and to start thinking about your own video strategy. So thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much, Beth. This was great. So how do you feel about video after listening to Tracy's encouragement and advice? I know I feel a bit more ready to try it. I've done it in the past, but I have been far from consistent. And, you know, we talked about the importance of consistency in that episode. So I need to practice what I preach. Um, but mostly I've, I've had trouble with that because I get up in my head about how it's supposed to be done. And I'm worried that I won't know what to say or that I'll have too much to say and I'll start to ramble. But 2017 is the year that I try to stretch a bit more, to stretch my comfort and capacity zones a bit further to encompass a new platform. One thing, if you're thinking about doing it for yourself, that I would encourage you to reflect on is how video, or really any method of content delivery, fits into your overall strategy. 
It's true, as Tracy and I talked about, that Facebook and other platforms are likely to start favoring video more and more, and we've already seen evidence of that. But you still have to make sure it makes sense for you and for your business. And then if you do decide to do it, make sure that you develop a strategy that fits your style and your brand and your message. I agree with Tracy that video can be a very introvert-friendly platform if, and only if, we take the time to really figure out how it can reflect who we are, rather than trying to copy what other people are doing. One last reminder about the virtual book group that starts on January 17th and the promo code, which is podcast 20 bonus, so podcast 20 bonus, and that earns you $20 off your enrollment fee. And in the enrollment form on the website, there's a space for promo code and you just put it in there. And when you get your invoice, it will be $20 off. Information and registration can be found at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash bookgroup. And while you're there, I invite you to check out the options for the one-on-one coaching and consulting that I offer to support you in making 2017 and beyond your best years ever. I have limited space available for one-on-one clients, and I'd love to talk with you about your journey and what will move you forward most in the coming year. And it's easy to schedule time to chat with me. It takes two seconds. Um, I have an online calendar. You just go in, you find out when I'm available. You see when you're available. You choose the time. We both get an email and then we have a short chat. Um, And you can find the link to that online calendar in the episode show notes or under work with Beth on my website. As I close, I wish you a sincere best wishes to you and yours for a peaceful and relaxing and as introvert friendly as possible holiday break. I hope you get to experience equal parts or in whatever ratio you want of socializing and solitude. And here's to 2017 being a fantastic year for all of us. A very special thank you to Paul Messing, my podcast producer, and to my assistant, Naja, who provides the outstanding show notes. You can find those at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast. And again, with sincere gratitude to you for joining me for this episode. I hope you found it time well spent. And if you did, I would love it if you took just a few minutes and did me the honor of leaving a review on iTunes. Or share this episode with your colleagues. I really appreciate your thought and your time and your consideration. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again in 2017, remember that success is an inside job. Thank you.